Hello and welcome back to Major League Talk Giants Edition. Today is Sunday, April 16th, 2023. My name is Henry and this is episode six. We're going to be reviewing the series against the Detroit Tigers. And in a show of true unprofessionalism, I'm going to get this one started off with a shot just so I can get through this episode because it's a rough one. Let's get to it. All right, so this was our fifth series of the year. We started our second road trip of the year going to Motor City for what was supposed to be a three-game set. Eventually, we'd only play two of the three scheduled games thanks to a very lengthy rain delay on Sunday. I woke up here in Honolulu. The game was supposed to start at 7 o'clock my time, roughly, around 7.10 actually, but there would be a five-hour rain delay. And then they just wouldn't play. But I kind of feel that uh, Giants fans may be actually thankful for the delay because the two games prior were just rough. The third game is going to be made up in July, I believe, July 24th, which was supposed to be an off day for the Giants after a lengthy road trip, but will now be filled with a game to play in Detroit. The Giants dropped two extra innings games in a row. In game one, the Giants started them out a comeback uh, from being down 4-1 to one, thanks to a J.D. Davis three-run home run in the late innings, even scoring the go-ahead run in the top of the 11th. However, a misplay by VR with him playing second and throwing to third instead of getting out at first. Uh, and then a homer given up by Duvall gave the Tigers the walk-off win. The next game also went to 11 seeing the Giants surrender an early 6-1 lead and Miggy Cabrera hitting his first ever walk-off hit in the bottom of the 11th. Disappointment doesn't even begin to summarize fan feelings, and I'd assume the players themselves have stronger feelings. So let's break this down a little bit, shall we? Game one, starter on the mound is Manaya, who had a very nice showing in his first start against the Royals, However, this outing was a little bit rougher. Manaya would end up going 3.1 innings pitched. Uh, he'd give up four hits, two earned runs, and walk one and only get four strikeouts. Not terrible, not great. Uh, our lineup was as follows. Estrada was in left. Flores was in first. Was at first. Nostromsky in center. Davis at third. Ruff was DHing. VR at second. Crawford at short. Bart was catching. Uh, eventually, Wade Jr. would come on to take his spot. Wade Jr. would pinch hit, then go into right. Ramos was started in right, and then Conforto would come on to pinch hit for him, and then Sable would come on to pinch run and play catcher. Uh, Estrada went three for five with a walk, uh, a home run, one RBI, and scored twice. Flores, rough, rough series for him. I say series, two games. He went 0 for 6 in this first game with a strikeout. Uh, Yastrzemski would go 2 for 5 with two strikeouts, and he would score one run. Davis would go 2 for 3 with one strikeout, one walk, uh, three RBIs, a home run, and he'd score once. Uh, Ruff would go 1 for 5 with two strikeouts. VR would go 0 for 5 with a strikeout, and he would score a run. Crawford was one for five, with two strikeouts. Bart was one for three with a strikeout. Um, Wade Jr. was one for two with a strikeout and one RBI. 
Ramos would go 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Uh, Conforto didn't get a chance to hit. And then Sable would go 0 for 1 with a strikeout. Um, Conforto uh, says here would walk um, our total for this first game. We Our batters would go 11 for 45 with 13 strikeouts, only three walks, scoring five times, and would get Two home runs. Juniors would come on in the fourth. He'd pitch three full innings, giving up uh, five hits, two earned runs, walking three and striking out four. Jelly would come on in the seventh for the final two outs via defense, giving up no hits, walks, or runs. Tyler Rogers would come on in the eighth, walking one and striking out three. Scott Alexander would come out for the ninth and strike out one, giving up no hits, walks, and runs. Duvall would have his lengthiest outing this year so far, pitching the 10th and two-thirds of the 11th. Uh, he managed to close down the Tigers in the 11th. However, he did give up um, the th- uh, walk-off three-run shot to Mason or Mayton uh, after managing to get the first two outs. His final line was 1.2 innings pitch, three strikeouts, and one hit with three earned runs. We would end up leaving 11 on base. We went four for 15 with runners in scoring position. And Ramos and VR would end up grinding out into double plays. We would also turn only one double play. And that was a double play to Davis, the VR to Flores. Now, this game started off pretty rough. I didn't really get a chance to watch much of it. Uh, A little bit I did watch. Pitching was struggling a little bit. And then we just weren't getting too many hits in the places that we needed. Uh, like I said, Davis did end up tying it, um, hitting a three-run shot late innings, and then we would get the go-ahead run in the top of the 11th. And unfortunately, the automatic runner on second would reach to third off of an infield single. VR rushed the ball, and he had time to turn and get to first, at least from my untrained eye i'm not a professional ball player but it looked like he could have instead he chose to throw to third and the throw itself was even offline like luckily davis was able to actually catch it but it was nowhere near where it needed to be to be a successful out at third i understand the mentality of maybe trying to get the uh, lead runner out but instead of getting a safer guaranteed out, you now have two on, no outs. Duvall would manage to get two outs after that. But those two outs should have been the last two outs, and we should have won. Mounting a successful comeback. Instead, he'd get the two outs, and then Mayton would hit a walk-off three-run home run, and we'd end up losing 7-5 to five instead of winning 5-4. to four. So, there's our first extra innings loss. Let's go to the next game. Game two, our starter was Dave Sclafani, who's really come out as the leader of the pitching pack, honestly, as far as how he's performed. He pitched well, even though his final line doesn't quite show it, in all honesty. He went 6.2 innings and uh, gave up on six hits, three runs, only two of which were actually earned. He didn't walk anyone and struck out five. He also gave up uh, just the one solo home run to Carpenter in the second. And honestly, 
if the defense had played the way that they should have, that home run would have been the only earned run he would have had in his 6.2 innings. And if the defense had played like they should, he probably would have gone a full seven innings. Our lineup started off Wade Jr. in right, Strada at second, Yastrzemski in center, Davis at third, BDDHing. We called up BD again after getting him on opening day. Uh, Flores at first, Crawford at short, Bart at catcher, Sable in left. Uh, eventually, Ramos would come in to pinch it and then go to right field and Wade's position in the lineup. That would force Estrada from second to left. And then with Beattie, uh, he'd be replaced by D8 or uh, by Ruff and then Conforto later on. And VR would come on to pinch it and then go to second in the place of Sable. Wade Jr. went over three with two walks and scored a run. Ramos went over one. Estrada went two for six with two strikeouts and scored a run. Yastrzemski went one for five with two strikeouts and also scored a run. Davis went two for four with a strikeout, one walk, a home run, and three uh, three RBIs and one run. Beatty went over two. Ruff was over two. Conforto was over one. Uh, Ruff and Conforto both had strikeouts, and BD would get an RBI. Flores was one for five with one strikeout, so that puts him at one for 11 in these two games, so a little rough patch for Flores. Crawford 0 for four with a strikeout and a walk. Bart two for five uh, with a strikeout, and he did score a run. Sable was one for four with two strikeouts, uh, a run and home run and two RBIs. Uh, VR would earn a walk. So total, we went nine for 42, 12 strikeouts, five walks, uh, six runs, six RBIs, two home runs. Relievers and closers are as follows. Um, Brebby would come on to get the final out of the seventh. That'd be the only out he'd ever get in the game. Um, he got that last out on a pop-up to short. The eighth inning would be a disaster for him. He gave up a single, a walk, and then a two-RBI double to Baez after being pulled. His final line was .1 innings pitched, two hits, one walk, and three runs. Uh, and Baez would end up scoring after Jelly would take over. Jelly's final line was one inning pitched, one hit, one strikeout. Jelly gave up a, an RBI single to Torkelson, and that's what scored Baez. Um Jelly's other two uh, outs, other than that one, the strikeout would come via a flyout to right and a 6-4 fielder's choice. Uh, Tyler Rogers would come in in the ninth, and he would walk one, then get two outs via defense, and then a strikeout. Uh, he also pinched in the 10th, and the defense would get the three outs for him with ground outs to short, then third, then second. Um, so 6-5-4, kind of cool there. His brother, Taylor. God bless Taylor. He's having a rough go. He'd come on for the 11th and give up a 2-2 single to Miggy for his first ever walk-off hit. Miggy was the only batter that Taylor would face. We left 10 on base and went 1-13 for 13 with runners in scoring position. Crawford earned two errors. Probably should have earned a third, honestly. We did manage to turn two double plays. Once in the fourth and again in the sixth. So this game I actually watched in its entirety, and I even scored this game myself, which I try to do when I can. 
honestly, because one, it's it's kind of fun, keeps you focused and helps you learn some of the uh, nuances of the game when it comes to how certain things are scored. Uh, and it helps keep your memory fresh when you look back and you see what batters had done earlier. And honestly, this started off as a pretty good game. You know, you had Wade Jr. draw the leadoff walk. Estrada got a single, and then Davis would get an RBI single, and then BD would get that RBI uh, on a sacrifice. Um, so we started off 2-0, and and then in the second inning, Sable would hit a two-run home run after Bart got a single, so now we're 4-0. We'd give up the home leadoff home run to Carpenter in the second, but, you know, that's that's just one of the three true outcomes. Dave Scalfani, stake pitch maybe, and just – Knocked it out of there. It's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. Uh, and then, you know, Yastrzemski in the third would get a leadoff single, and then Davis would hit a two-run home run. You know, we're 6-1. to one. It looks like we're going to be cruising through the rest of the game, except for the fact that those six runs are the only six that we actually would earn for the rest of the game. After that, it was just shutdowns. Uh, you know, in the fourth inning, we only got a double. In the fifth inning a single and then a fielder's choice. Uh, the sixth inning, nothing. The seventh inning, nothing. The eighth inning, nothing. The ninth inning, nothing except a walk. The 10th inning, a walk and then nothing. The 11th inning, a walk and nothing. We got shut down after the three innings. And then you look at how our defense would end up doing. You know, the first inning, fly out to center and two strikeouts, second inning, a home run, but then a ground ball and then ground outs to in the inning and the third inning is fine. The fourth inning, we turned a good double play. The fifth inning, you know, Crawford had two errors and that's probably what led to those two runs scoring. Only one of them was earned. And then the sixth inning turned a double play. Seventh inning, uh, had to replace a pitcher, but you know, honestly, I feel like Dave Scalfani probably could have closed out the seventh. He just gave up a single, and then we decided, all right, probably pitch count got too high. Um, eighth inning, it all unraveled, but it is what it is. Before I forget, let's go ahead and uh, go over the umps. Uh, honestly, it looks like they only got the ump for the first game, and that was Malachi Moore on Friday. He was behind the dish, and his overall accuracy is 90%. He called 196 out of 218 taken pitches correctly. His overall favor was plus .024 runs for the Detroit Lions. Or excuse me, Tigers. The Lions are football, you moron. Overall consistency, uh, 93%. 15 called balls inside the estimated dump zone, and one called strike outside the estimated dump zone. Um, yeah, a lot of missed calls littered here over his zone. Impactful missed calls on the top of the fourth. And like I said, this is the first game. This is Friday. Top of the fourth, uh, wins to rough. No outs, runners on first and second. 2-2 two -two count, strike is called a ball. Top of the eighth, Hill to Flores. Uh, no outs, runner on first. 2-1 count, ball is called a strike. Uh, and then top of the eighth, Hill to Estrada. No outs, bases empty, 3-1 count, ball is called a strike. His called ball accuracy was 94%. He called, it says, uh, 9 of 147 called balls are true strikes. And his called strike accuracy, lower, 82%. 13 
of 71 called strikes were true balls. 13. It's quite a bit. I wish they would include on here of those missed calls, the nine balls that were actually strikes and the 13 strikes that were actually balls that include which teams had pitched those. That'd be uh, that'd be pretty interesting to see. But anyway, big thank you to um, scorecards for even doing this at all in the first place. Um, and I do want to kind of go over some of the other numbers behind the pitchers real quick uh, as far as the box score. As far as our pitchers, uh, Duvall would have four first pitch strikes to seven batters faced, Jelly one to two, Junis four first pitch strikes to 16 batters faced, Rogers, uh, Tyler Rogers, one to four, Manaya 10 first pitch strikes to 15 batters faced, and Alexander one to three. And this is the first game. Uh, called strikes and swinging strikes, Alexander would get none called in five swinging. Nye got 11 called and 10 swinging. Uh, Tyler Rogers got four called and three swinging. Junis got 15 called and eight swinging. Jelly, two called, no swinging. And Duvall, one called, four swinging. Grounders, Alexander got two ground balls. Junis got three. Jelly got one. Duvall got three. And Manaya got six fly balls. Junis got one. Jelly got one. Uh, and as far as against us, our batters would get 3, 7, 24, 33, 35 first pitch strikes. Uh, we would have 2, 5, 25, 34, 38 called strikes on us, 1, 3, 14. 22, 24 swing and strikes. And then we produce six ground balls and two, four, 10, 12, 13 fly balls in the first game. And then in the second game, in case anybody's actually interested, which if you're listening to this point in the podcast, you probably are. Or, you know, you're just masochistic. First pitch strikes to batters faced. Descalfani, 16 for 26. Taylor Rogers, 0 for 1. Tyler Rogers, 5 for 7. Brebia, 2 for 4. Jelly, 2 for 4. Called uh, strikes to swing in strikes. Descalfani got 22 called to 9 swing in. Taylor Rogers got 1 uh, called to no swinging. Tyler got 6 called to 2 swinging. Brebia got 3 called to 1 swinging. Jelly got one called two swinging. Um, and then Desclafani got nine ground balls to six flies. Tyler got four grounders to one fly. Brebia got no grounders to one fly. And Jelly got one for one. And then against us, first pitch strikes, two, 16, 17, 19, 23, 31 first pitch strikes called strikes 1 13 16 17 21 30 called strikes to 12 14 16 
19, 21 swing and strikes. So we swung at 21. And we would produce one, four, six, 11 grounders, two, five, seven, eight, 10 fly balls. Uh, and like I said, um, scorecards, uh, it doesn't look like they got the um, scorecard for the second game yet. At least it is not published at the time of the recording of this episode. So let's go ahead and summarize this, shall we? This two-game series put us to five and nine. That puts us fourth in the West ahead of only Colorado, who has a record of five and 11. Center below us just because they played two other games. And we're on a three-game losing streak. Our first two extra inning games of the season both went to 11 innings, and we dropped both games. The first after coming from behind, the second after blowing a lead. We're now one and four against teams that we've beaten in the World Series this century. Honestly, that kind of makes the series we're going to play against the Texas Rangers in August that much more interesting now that Bochi is managing them. Over the two games, we give up 14 runs on 20 hits. Our batting lineups are now 123 for 497. With 25 home runs, that keeps us at second in the NL, and 156 strikeouts, which puts us at dead last in the NL. Uh, we've drawn 54 walks. That's good for ninth. Uh, we've stolen seven bases. That's good for 12th in the NL and been caught stealing once, which is good for first. Our team is slashing 247, 331, 437 for an, on bay, or for an OPS of 768, which is all good for 11th, 9th, 4th, and 5th in the NFNL, respectively. Our defense over these last two games really started to unravel. I mean, we were playing pretty decently for the first few games and these last two, it's like mistakes piled up. Uh, VR's odd choice to try and throw a third and extra innings uh, in game one to Crawford's case of the yips and errors in game two. Pitching staff has a combined ERA of 4.37 currently, giving up 121 hits and being credited with 61 earned runs and 75 total runs. Pitchers have given up 21 home runs, which is 12th in the NL currently. They have walked 41, which is good for second in the NL. Pitchers have struck out 133, which is fourth in the NL. They're fifth in earned runs and hits and seventh in ERA. This, the FIP for the entire pitching staff is 449. WHIP is 1.289. So one thing to keep in mind is these stats do include Beatty's one inning of pitching in the blowout game against the White Sox, where he gave up three earned runs, but whatever. Uh, Taylor Rogers has the highest whip of actual pitchers with a solid 3.000. And the highest FIP also goes to Taylor Rogers at 15. That's 15.97. Hits per nine goes to Cobb at 11.9. Base Clefani has had a better performance uh, overall and is leading the pitching pack. So, and this the worst part of this to me is that the game one poor performance and then loss and extras came off of learning that Webb had signed his extension. You know, we, we get to have Webb for longer. It's guaranteed that we're going to have him now. And... I honestly thought that that would kind of fuel a good game, just that knowledge that we're going to have that pitcher and, and, and hopefully 
he's figured out what he needs to figure out. I thought we were going to get to see that today. But then MLB said, no, you can't play. I didn't. I, I think that Alex Pavlovich's tweet about not going to fancy meteorology school was pretty good and on point. Because like he said, there were people putting sunscreen on their children, eating ice cream cones out in the sun while we were waiting for MLB to eventually decide that this game would not be played today. Anyway, I did say that this was supposed to be a good point for us to kind of figure ourselves out and get back on track. But then we dropped two games. And instead of coming away at 500, we're now five and nine. We go to Miami, where hopefully we can take two of three. I dream of a sweep, but we'll see. Sandy has already pitched, so we don't have to face him at least. So, and and one thing I want to say, I've been reading some of the Reddit, and there's some of the, and, and I'm going to use some certain phrases here, there's some of the old guard kind of, talking about the the newer generation of fans and saying hey it could be worse you know it, it did take over 50 years for the giants to win a world series after they moved to san francisco from new york that's very true and it could be worse i mean 2017 was terrible but instead of putting down the younger generation for that probably grew up watching 10 12 and 14 and then witnessing 21 you know, don't, don't put them down, guide them. Help them understand that there's going to be up years, there's going to be down years, there's going to be disappointing years. It is what it is. And for the younger generation, we should understand that only one team can win the World Series at the end of the year. Everybody already knows that, but sometimes you have to say it to remind yourself and as much as you would like your team to have a really good chance, sometimes people just have a bad day. And most of us have the benefit that our bad days don't get broadcast on TV and then further dissected, analyzed, and bitched about. If we're lucky, it's just our supervisor that bitches us out. If we're really lucky, they don't even notice our bad days. But these guys, and while, yes, they are justly compensated millions of dollars for that difference in how their bad days are treated, they're going to have bad days like everybody else. They're going to have good days, too. And we'll see them come at some point. And we should be looking forward to those and holding on to those when the bad days come again. But I don't think it's panic time yet. We'll see what happens for the rest of the season. And we just have to hold on to whatever sliver of hope we've got because there's not much right now. Our team has not shown us that. They've shown flashes, but not consistency. And that is what we as a fan base need. The fan base that has decided to invest time and money in this team. Time and money to follow them. So, that's it for now, and I'll see you after the Miami series. Peace.